This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Hey everybody and welcome to the Cosmic Potato Infinite Retrocast. This is a series that will endeavor to rewatch some of our favorite shows from yesterday. Uh, we're going to analyze them. We're going to talk about what was good, what may have been able to, what could have been done better, uh, and what we'd like to see if they ever decide to bring these shows back. Because they're bringing back a lot of stuff. You know, uh, another thing that I'm wanting to do as we go forward is some of the new shows that come out that are reboots of old stuff. I'd like to, you know, watch the first couple episodes of those and uh, and 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 talk about the differences, the changes, what's better, what's not. But we're going to start things off with sliders. Um, this is a science fiction series that started on Fox back in 1995. It starred Jerry O'Connell. Sabrina Lloyd, uh, John Rhys Davies, and uh, Clevant Derricks. There is a lot of history that goes along with this show. We'll get in, we'll get into a, some of that and discuss the two-hour pilot that serves as episodes one and two of this series. But first, let's bring in our panel. We have Scott. How are you, sir? I am okay. <laughs> and John is with us as well. How are you? Better than Scott, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Sliders began as a mid-season replacement on uh, on Fox in 1995, and it was created by Tracy Torme, who is the the son of singer Mel Torme. Um, he served as uh, editor during the first season of TN of Star Trek: The Next Generation. So, he wrote at least one episode. He wrote the Big Goodbye. And then he edited a lot of other stuff. So going through this series from the perspective of Star Trek fans, there's a lot of Star Trek uh, in this show. You know, you're going to see some homages to Star Trek as it goes forward. Uh, There's nods to the show, similarities, uh, such as the show takes place in San Francisco. And if you've ever noticed on Star Trek, when they go to Earth, they're always in San Francisco. The other creator was Robert K. Weiss, who is mostly known as a producer. He's worked on films like Tommy Boy, uh, the Naked Gun movies, the Blues Brothers, things like that. So uh, the basic gist of the show is that there is a multiverse of infinite parallel Earths. And every decision that is made on one Earth creates another where another decision is made. So the series is set up in a fashion not unlike the time machine or quantum leap where the heroes are trapped going from world to world, getting into adventures and hoping to find their way home. So, so we're going to talk. So just, uh, uh, overall of the series, Scott, what'd you, what, what did you think of sliders overall, especially going into the first episode? Um, well, as far as overall, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when we finish. Okay. (laughs) Because I have not watched it before. I've seen the occasional episode here and there, but I can count on one hand the number of individual Sliders episodes that I've seen. That will be interesting. I did not know that you hadn't seen it before. Okay, that'll Mm -hmm. be interesting to uh, talk to someone who doesn't know anything about it. Had you seen the the pilot before? Um, I had seen the pilot once before. It's been many years, so when I watched it again yesterday... uh, there, there was very little that was still familiar, um, but I, I know I had seen it a long time ago. Okay, it's, uh, it's, it's a thing. Yes, <laughs> it. I, I don't want to say that it's bad, but it is. It, you, you can't escape it with with shows like this. It is, an, it, it is a product of its time. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it started on Fox, and Fox is known for not really giving things a chance. Um, it actually lasted three seasons on Fox, which is surprising because a lot of stuff they'll they'll cancel after one season. 
if it doesn't have the audience that they think it should have. And a lot of these kinds of shows, sci-fi shows, do not necessarily have the humongous audiences that a network show is looking for. You know, so that's why Fox brings on a lot of sci-fi stuff that doesn't make it. So it got canceled after three seasons. The sci-fi channel picked it up. The sci-fi channel, especially in the 90s, well, th- this would have been late 90s, early 2000s. Um, the sci-fi channel doesn't make the best programming, or it didn't, at least it didn't then. <laughs> it was mostly for rerunning old stuff, but they did have some original stuff, but the original stuff was not usually that great. Um so, but I mean, we'll get into that as we as we go through. Um, John, what are your overall uh, memories of Sliders? Uh, I also did not watch the whole series, like beginning to end, but I did watch. I, I watched it for a while. I think I, I definitely made it through the first. I want to say two seasons. I there is an event that occurred. Uh, I think it was second, maybe third season, and uh, which changed the dynamic of the show. And I was pretty much done with the show after that. I, I'd, I'd still watch from time to time, but I but I wasn't as dedicated as I was. But to answer your question, I, I mean, I watched the first couple of seasons. I liked it, um, and it was it was it was you know there was a there was a nice little comfortable block, not family friendly sci fi, but like you know. Not hardcore sci-fi. So there mm-hmm. was, you know, there was, there was sliders. There was, you know, some Star Trek. There was, uh, I want to say that was the same time as maybe, Bris- no, Briscoe was there. actually, yeah, I think Briscoe was during that run. Yeah, I think was, uh, Earth, Earth Two was in Earth Two on Fox, I, I, and uh, uh, yes, I th- yeah, that might have been a little early for Earth Two, but yeah, I think all of those were kind of around the same. Uh, definitely uh, Stargate SG-1, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a good, it was a nice little bubbling up renaissance, I think, for, for sci-fi on TV. Like, well, it, see, it was, Stargate SG-1, that's interesting because that, that, that show lasted much longer because it was first-run syndication. They didn't put mm-hmm. it on a network. And I think sliders would have been better if it and it would have lasted much longer if it had uh, if it had come out in first run syndication. Well, the problem, like you know, there might have been a marketing issue, but there was definitely a quality issue. the 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 latter seasons were not as good; they just weren't as good as the as the earlier seasons. Yeah, that that that's what I was hearing. And with, with um, John, you were mentioning before about. Uh, something that changed the, the dynamic of the show. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if the editor wants to cut this out, that, that's fine. But if you were referring to like, say for yeah. example, a casting change, um, I, I, I'm familiar with all the casting changes that are going to be happening throughout the course of the show. There's I, a, a lot of casting yeah. changes to the, yeah, I, I know there, there's, there's one person that's there the whole way. That's it. Yeah. Um, but you know, things like that, like changing the dynamic of the cast, uh, mm-hmm. changing networks, things like that. A, a lot of the, the bigger stuff I've become aware of over time. I just haven't seen the individual episodes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there, there was definitely a, um, as, as often the case with the sci-fi show, there was a death of a thousand cuts kind of situation, but it also did suffer from a, 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 a drop in the, the, the individual, in my opinion, the, the writing in the individual shows and the longer story arcs. Um, and you know what? L- let me be more accurate. I, I said the, the latter seasons writing wasn't as good. I feel like there was a, there was a big drop, but I do kind of feel like maybe the last season or so it was, it had found its footing again, but I think by that point it had been too late. And I, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't even particularly interested in watching it at that point either. But I did happen to catch an episode here or there. I was like, okay, well, that was actually, that wasn't bad. Well, they also suffer okay. from this uh, thing where whatever big movie is out right now, we got to do an episode like that. <laughs> oh, there's a Jurassic Park movie in the theater right now. Well, we've got to go to a world where there's dinosaurs, you know, yeah. 
Uh, but, uh, but Quantum Leap kind of did that kind of stuff too. But and I would I would be very surprised if that wasn't part of the pitch for the show. Like, yeah, like yeah. They can go anywhere. So anything that someone's popular, you know. Yeah. We want to make him. Want to send him to a world where he's a rock star. He can be a rock star. He can do a song. Can he sing? Can he juggle? We want to make him a juggler. He's a juggler. Like <laughs> that's the other thing. That's the that's the one thing that uh, that I remembered as I was watching the pilot that we will. I'm sure we'll discuss it as we go forward, but. These characters, which we're going to go through the, the characters here in just a second, but w- whatever world they go to, their counterparts are the most important people on that planet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're always like the biggest stars, or they're uh, really well-known authors, or you know, yeah, we got all, we got all the loser versions over here. Yeah, <laughs> Earth, is, Earth is the worst Earth. Um, but yeah, I think Sliders, especially the first couple of seasons, I think was one of my favorite shows that it had a lot of potential. There's, there's a lot of bad stuff there, but it had a lot of potential. I'm looking forward to, uh, because I, I, like you, Scott, I, I, I'm sure I saw the pilot when it premiered and I saw, I watched all the episodes like on the night they were on, I'm sure. Um, but I didn't. I hadn't seen the pilot probably since, and I didn't really remember. I remember the broad strokes of what happened. I didn't remember what world they went to. I didn't remember. Uh, man, those uh, special effects! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow! They don't. Uh, they don't. Uh, <laughs> I won't say that the special effects don't hold up. I think that it. A lot of it might be because they were made for much smaller TVs than what we're watching now. No, watching them on now. No. No, the special yeah, effects don't hold up, and that's fine. Like, like they're not necessarily required to. Like, who 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 would expect? It's not. It wouldn't be fair to expect, you know, the the special effects on a sci-fi show on TV to be as good, you know, thirty plus years later. Like, no, I don't. I don't expect this. Uh, but I, I don't. It's. I don't remember them being bad. Um. Because Which the quality of our TVs was much worse. That's that's why. Well, but but it was state of the art <laughs> at the time. It's I mean the my the the TV quality. It's not like it wasn't clear. It was. It's not like it was a fuzzy picture. Like no, it was, it was fuzzier just, than it is now. Yeah, and, and much smaller okay. because but now we got these big TVs. He's not going to let go. That's not my problem. I'm not going to let go. That that wasn't my issue. The issue was not was not the clarity of the of, of the gummy worm. I'm saying it would have looked it would have looked better. It would have looked it looked better back then because it was made for a different kind of television than what we're watching it on now. Yeah, and Star Trek's the same way. I mean, you watch an episode of the Next Generation on 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 a big screen TV, and it doesn't look as good as it did when you watched it years ago. When, like I, I think I like I remember the tunnel because I think that's like in the intro. So I remember what the tunnel looked like. Um, I've forgotten that they use the exact same tunnel every time, but of course they do. But like, what surprised me is like, wow, that is not because actually, you know what? I will say that the the little portal that they jump into and and jump through holds mm. up. I think it looks fine. It's not. I mean, it's obviously not state of the art, but it serves the purpose for what it looks. It looks good enough for what it needs to do. Yeah, uh, I was surprised when uh the when quinn met himself in the basement like that was i'm like come on man family matters that was bad that That was was bad good yeah i'm like every sitcom does a better job yeah patty duke was doing better than that in the 50s you know i'm like why can i see through him come on why is he shifting whenever this guy takes a step he kind of shifts up and down that's weird there was no there was no reason I would have preferred if they had just not had not tried to have them in the same shot, rather than what they did. Just it, just I mean, do do over shoulders. Yeah, it yeah. would been fine. But yeah, the way he had to bend down and get under that lamp so that he could get a good look at his face, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, the cast very, very very Rick and Morty vibe is what I was what I was picking up. That obviously <laughs> this was way before Rick and Morty, but yeah, this is like I didn't I didn't realize. Uh, I wasn't thinking of sliders when I watched Rick and Morty, but now I probably always will. Anytime, <laughs> yeah. they, anytime they jump between uh, Earths. Um, the cast, we had uh, Jerry O'Connell, who played Quinn Mallory, and he was known at the, to- at the time for Stand By Me and My Secret Identity and a few other things, but those were his his biggest roles. Uh, John Reese davies 
played Professor Maximilian P. Arturo. Um, he was known from Indiana Jones, where he played Sala in a couple of those movies. Later on, he he did uh, Lord of the Rings. He played Gimli in the Lord of the Rings films. Um, and he's done a lot of voice work. David Ogden Styers was considered for this part, but, you know, it, he didn't get it. It was given the receipt. Yeah, yeah. Which I think he probably would have been fine too, but yeah. Clavant mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Derricks uh, was a character actor. He plays uh, Rembrandt, the crying man Brown in this show. Um, he appeared in shows like Miami Vice, The Equalizer, Spencer for Hire. He's also a Tony Award winning stage actor. And since Sliders, he's been in Dream Girls and Wicked. I think he's still on Broadway in Wicked right now. Um, Sabrina Lloyd, who is not related to Christopher Lloyd, uh, <laughs> played Wade Wells. And uh, before this show, she had been on things like Superboy and Law and Order. Later on, she was on Sports Night. Uh, she acted up until about 2013, and she hasn't been anything since then. Now, now she's an artist. She's painting pictures and things like that. So, um, so okay. So the pilot. The pilot... For a pilot episode, it was pretty decent. I, I'd actually say the second half of it was more decent than the first half. I forgot how I forgot how bad the effects were. Um, they were so caught up in trying to make this wormhole look good that they didn't put a lot of thought into some of the other things. They also didn't put a lot of thought into what things look like going in and coming out of it. <laughs> you know, just let's make the wormhole look good. We'll just have things go towards it and then disappear. And we'll also have the wormhole come out of a wall and through a fence and eat the guy in the Cadillac, but not take in anything else. Not take in the yeah. fence. Don't take in the wall, but you're going to take in the car and the guy. We'll get, yeah, that's later on in the show, but I could headcanon it if you want. I guess <laughs> I think it was just lazy. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely was, but I'm saying, you know, I if you want, just upon request, I got a headcanon. Uh, go ahead, headcanon away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, they adjusted the power range, they they they, they, they cranked it up, and mm-hmm. so you know, it's like, well, which honestly was just dumb. Like, why wouldn't they just go through one at a time? Like, why would I need to crank it up? Like, no, no, you don't. Are we all going to fit? No, go in one at a time. What what do you mean you're going to fit? What are you talking about? Or at least, you know, if you're not sure, hey, maybe turn it off and run some numbers. You got two brilliant scientists in the room. Right. Take a moment to think about it and figure it out. This is bad science a lot. Well, there's one way to to find out. No, there's several ways to find out, but whatever. Um. So, yeah, so he adjusted the control, um, and then he jumped through. So, as a result, the signal from the control that was traveling through the portal, as he's going through the portal, it's still sending a signal, but that signal is fluctuating. So, there are points when it is less dense, quote-unquote, or more effective enough to pass through something, and there are times when there it is more dense. There's times when it's more effective, when there's more a fully formed portal as opposed to just a light show. So it floats, it floats through, which is why it was quote unquote light enough and not stable enough. Cause that's the first time like you see the portal move, right? Every other time you put it, you put a portal somewhere and it stays where it is. So he cranks up the power, stays where it is. He jumps through, it fluctuates the energy that is going to maintain the, the portal aperture. It gets light. It gets um, more, um, not translucent, that's the word I'm looking for, permeable. Mm-hmm. So it floats, through the, it floats through the wall, it floats through the gate. Uh, he gets through the other side, it sends a clear, strong signal again through the wormhole back, and it becomes a fully formed portal again. Rembrandt goes through, portal disappears. Hey, it works. And cannon! <laughs> it works. It works as good as what they put on the screen. <laughs> yeah. um, so the first few scenes of the show, I thought were... The first few scenes were pretty atrocious. The way Quinn and Wade talked to each other, it was just, it was just, I don't know if it was bad writing or if it was just bad acting. Um, writing. When I was a, when I was a teenager, <laughs> when I was a teenager, it was 90s acting. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad writing and they, everything had to be 
broad. I don't know why everything had to be so broad, but that's the way it was. They had to write it and perform it as though it is, it makes perfect sense to need like a solid 10 minutes of back and forth discussion to understand a very simple concept Mm. because no one can just get it. Everyone has to be confused for five minutes. Yeah. Sci-fi. They're like, okay, we're, we're, this is a big, yeah. It's a simple concept for us. And it's probably a simple concept for anyone today, but it is not the, you know, the executive idea of how much sci-fi the standard 18, 25 year old will tolerate (laughs) in the nineties was look, this, this needs to, which is why they had to chase every popular movie. Like people aren't gonna want to want to watch a sci-fi show. They they want to watch you know whatever. Yeah, but we can well, hide it's just in like sci-fi Sabrina show. Lloyd's like her over the top eye rolls and stuff, and she's like, my ex boyfriend. So cool. He was How jealous because he thought Don't I was going. To, he thought he thinks I'm going on some big date, you know, or something like that. <laughs> you know. Don't you criticize um, her at all ever for anything? Oh man, when I was 17, I had a big old Such crush. Such a huge her. crush. Yeah. Such a huge yeah. crush. Yeah. <laughs> I I also uh, respect the hell out of her because <laughs> I she, didn't I didn't actually have a type. She helped form what my type was. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, it, in the the two seasons that Sports Night ran, yeah, she did she did a a, a great job of uh, of handling and delivering Aaron Sorkin dialogue. She was definitely hampered by the fact that she was a woman performing Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Doesn't help anybody, but. Yeah, it's still an Aaron Sorkin script, and she handled them great. I just wish that it had been someone else writing the female characters because Aaron Sorkin is shit at writing female characters. Yeah, not the best. <laughs> um, he's fine. So- he's fine with writing them as long as there's not an acknowledgement of them being female, as long as it's not a relationship or any sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just as a capable person, they they do fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Quinn discovers this door to parallel worlds. He's trying to invent an anti gravity device. That's the way it always is. And he's in the, you get a, a really smart kid or whatever. He's trying to invent one thing, and he ends up inventing something completely different <laughs> that doesn't do anything near what what it was planning on doing. Um, so he ends up go, he goes through it, which is a bad decision. Why would you? Why would you do that? He goes through it. Uh, I kind of like the first slide because. That first slide was done on the cheap uh, because all we really see is he he kind of drives through town and he reacts to things. People are honking at him because all of a sudden the the red lights mean okay. go and the green lights mean stop. Even though the the brake lights are still red, the stop signs are still red, but for some reason a red light means go. Red means go. <laughs> red means go here. Uh, here's here's what I was confused by. How long was he in that slide? 15 so minutes. He, he, said the, he said he set the timer for 15 minutes. He said he set the timer for 15 minutes. So in 15 minutes, the other him went to his class, went to his job. Oh, no, no. They they, they never said that they swapped places. Just that oh. other him came to that earth. They didn't say that he was only there for 15 minutes. How long was he there? I mean, because he was... They didn't, they didn't say. Well, he, it's... If what? if Quinn if Quinn was on the other Earth for fifteen minutes, it means he was gone for fifteen minutes. So right. the time that he was gone from his world, and you had you had so Slider if, Quinn. It, all right, you know what? So I, I, let me let my head kind of crank up again. All right, so uh, all, right. <laughs> all right, so he 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 went to class. We saw him go to class. We saw him go to work, and then he goes home, and he's just in the basement. So he spends all hours in the basement. He's in the basement all the time. But the other Quinn shows up at his class, during his class, at his class time, because all his classmates are there, and they see what happens. And at his job, during his, well, maybe it wasn't during his regular shift. Maybe he could have shown up at the job some other time. But clearly, this is in the space of, he knows, other Quinn knows this Quinn's schedule, presumably. Yeah, but they also set up the Quinn's always late everywhere he goes. So this guy, maybe he just got there on time. <laughs> he did all this stuff before the other queen showed up. <laughs> because they, okay. I mean, they they, right. they established pretty early. He's always late. You know, he's late to they, they they class. That's he's fine. late for work. I'm not. I'm not trying to poke a hole in it. I'm trying to make it work. So that makes yeah. it work. So I'm good with it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, There's going to be a lot of a lot of parts about the show where 
that you have to make it work. Really, that should yeah. really work, should it? No, we're going to go with it anyway. I just, I just, I just, again, I just need to know what level I'm dealing with. I, I well, I mean, know. also, you've got the... Everything that happens to these characters is all Quinn's fault. And, you know, nobody ever, like... No. Punch him in the face. Punch him in you know, the face. He, deser- gonna, he deserves to be punched in the face. I, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to refrain from commenting because I know you want to. You're going to do the whole uh, synopsis first, right? Well, I mean, I'm just going, kind of going through it. Okay. Yeah. Because then I'll then I'll wait till you get to that session. We're going to do this show assuming that people watch the episode before they listen to this. If you haven't, yeah, watched no, the episode, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not 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 in a spoilery way. I just don't want to keep interrupting you when I think of stuff. So I'll, I'll wait till you get to the. No, that's fine. Well, the only other thing that we get in, in, on this slide. Uh, other than the the traffic lights and stuff, we we hear Harry Shearer on the radio because he's always a radio DJ. Oh, I didn't know that's what that was. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Harry Shearer. Yeah, yeah, he, playing the same. I guess it's the same radio DJ that he was playing in Wayne's World because he he's he's supposed to be like this shock jock or whatever because he keeps talking about having girls come in and take the tops off and stuff like that. So, um, but he's he keeps saying things like he's talking about global cooling. And he's talking about uh, JFK serving another term in office and um, Americans are crossing the Mexican border to find better jobs. You know, the, the greatest hits of what you would talk about if you were trying to make it sound like you're on another world, you're in another reality or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the big thing that he see, he sees a billboard, a big CGI billboard of uh, an Elvis concert, a live Elvis concert that's coming up. Again, there was no reason for this to be bad special effects. i could have printed that out on a 90s printer and then just superimposed it on like you could have used like a little model like there's yeah whatever yeah yeah um and also on elvis world the uh vinyl won out the format war against cds (laughs) so i guess what you got you got a record player in your car (laughs) you know what it actually kind of (laughs) has Hey, vinyl is a while. as far as sound quality. Vinyl is better than CD, but like no, I can't, I mean, you like, can't listen to a vinyl record in your car. In terms of like right now, I think vinyl records are close to or greater than CD sales. Well, yeah, because everybody listens, everybody listens to everything digital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you're either you're either streaming your music or or you're buying vinyl like, yeah obviously. Yes, so That's many people okay. are going out and buying vinyl because they want that people aren't buying cds anymore yeah no yeah yeah i gotta i want to get my nostalgia from going cd shopping <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> the hardest episode of any sci-fi series to make is the pilot because you have this outline of what you want your show to be but to get to that to get all the toys set up, you have to set all the toys up before you can play in the sandbox. You know, so for me, they were kind of this episode was kind of lazy getting those toys set up. That's why I think the second half of the episode is better than the first. Because once we get into once they get to that next slide after the ice world and all that, once they get to the 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 Russian plot, the show's a lot better. The whole episode turns becomes a lot better after that. Um, Arturo had this argument with a double of Quinn or whatever, who came for an exposition dump to, to tell him to tell the new Quinn to finish his math problem and everything and, and help him uh, and tell him basically don't screw with the timer. But the one thing he was supposed to tell him, he never got the chance to tell him before he, he uh, got pulled out. And the one thing he did tell him is the thing that Quinn immediately did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then so Arturo the comes. Arturo comes to his house. Now, if you if you get in an argument with your professor, you think your professor is going to come to your house so you can apologize to him. <laughs> and not only that, his mom brings him down to the basement. You know, oh, Professor Arturo, uh, this fifty year old man, please come down and talk to my seventeen year old son. Look <laughs> in the basement. If you're going to start again, you got to set your bar way higher than the little stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, like, and I, I, I had a a reason for that immediately because keep in mind, uh, Arturo and Wade come downstairs, and Quinn is not surprised. He's yeah, he clearly he was expecting. Well, he he invited him to come over. Yeah, which means 
said, hey, please come talk to me. And Arturo was like, oh, he must want to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and so, he, and, and I think, so just world building does. So when they're in the class, uh, Arturo asks a question. He doesn't expect anyone to know it. He's like, oh, you bunch of boobs. <laughs> Quinn knows it, but he doesn't say what the answer is. Does he know how smart Quinn is? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I think he knows that he's smart because I think everybody in his class, you have to be smart to be in that class. Yeah. But, but like, I don't think he knows that else... he's actually smarter than he is. Well, <laughs> and, well, okay. Maybe not know how smart he is, but knows that he's really smart because he, no one else in that class knew the answer. Quinn knew the answer, but he didn't yeah. say it out loud. So I didn't know if he knew, if he expected Quinn to know or not. No, I, I, I think that Arturo uh, has, yeah, th- thus far, up until the the point that we get to by the end of this episode, has been underestimating Quinn. I think Quinn's been underselling himself in class, mm-hmm. but I, I would assume that he, as far as just you know, sheer intellectual strength, he probably rivals Arturo. But sure. he doesn't. He doesn't let it show. And Arturo also doesn't know how much Quinn actually looks up to him because he tells the the other girl outside of class. So yeah, I've been reading his books. You know, he needs he should be winning yeah. a Nobel Prize and stuff like that. Arturo doesn't know that he looks up to him that way. Yeah, it's, you know? yeah. It's weird that he wouldn't say that. Like if I was taking a class with someone I super admired, not that I would necessarily like try to you know brown nose or anything, but I would I would definitely let them know that they were like you know I really look up to you or whatever. But whatever. That's fine. Another character that we get introduced to there is Conrad Benish, uh, who is played by, I have to look it up, but um, he doesn't last through the entire series, but he's a character that kind of comes back over and over. We keep running into alternate versions of Benish. No, he's the one that's, oh, yeah, dude, you know, that kind of long haired kind of dope head guy that's sitting uh-huh. over there chewing on a rubber band or something when he, <laughs> he says, that's you for Minister Benish, not you too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The, the He's Spicoli. He's Spicoli. You know. Ah. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna he's gonna come back over and they're gonna keep running into versions of him on other worlds and stuff. And he's actually a really smart guy. You know. He's and he's got other versions that are like super genius and stuff like that. So now I talked about how they had to uh, make a lot of jumps to be able to get Arturo and Wade into this basement so that they can go through this portal. But that that's not as big of a jump as they had to make to get Rembrandt there because Rembrandt is the, they wanted to have one character that wasn't in their circle. That was like a stranger to them. That was going to become part of the group. Rembrandt is like this. Uh, he used to be a, a like a boy. Yeah, like a four Motown tops, singer. Yeah, four tops type of singer. Four Jays, Gladys Knight yeah. and the Pips. He's kind of washed up. You know, he hasn't had any any uh, work, any, he hasn't recorded anything in a long time. And this is supposed to be his big comeback because he's going to be singing the uh, national anthem at the baseball game. And he's on his way to the baseball game. And then when Wade and Arturo and Quinn go through the portal, the portal comes out of the house and eats him <laughs> and takes him with him. So, uh, and the, the 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 one line that made me laugh was when Arturo said, "I I think I saw God, and I swear he was driving a Cadillac." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they wind up on a planet that is like there's like another ice age going on, and Quinn and and Wade and Arturo are inside the house still, but Rembrandt's crashed outside. They don't know he's there yet. So they spend a lot of time like going around the house exploring. Like, what are you exploring? There's nothing there. And, you know, Quinn finds this picture and he says, oh, look at this picture. And everybody goes over. What is it? What is it? Oh, it's a picture. Who's that? Who's in that picture? You know, oh, must be my sister that I never had, you know. Yeah. Um, Because it's a good thing they found that picture. Otherwise, they wouldn't really know for sure that they were in an alternate world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The ice didn't. (laughs) didn't... Aside from the permanent blizzard in in, uh, California that they're experiencing. Well, also they go out. The the total desolation. Yeah, they go outside holding candles, and you can hear the wind, but the candles are not blowing out or anything. They're just. Yeah, Yeah, I thought about that. They they open that front door. Yeah, you hear that howling wind, and those candles are just. Yeah, I'll be honest. I wasn't looking at the screen the whole time. (laughs) 
Not 100% um, of the time. So they get in Rembrandt's car to, I guess, to try and stay warm um, because their time, he, he set the timer for six hours and uh, they got like another four hours to go. They thought they were going to go to a world where they can go around and have fun or whatever and explore and stuff. They didn't know they're going to a, a glacier. And you know, it's, uh, it's wacky. Green means stop. You'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a giant tornado heading towards them. So they either have to uh, disregard what the other Quinn was trying to tell them and 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 not play with the timer. They either have to ignore that or the tornado is going to kill them. So they really don't have a choice. Uh, so they activate the wormhole and for some reason he decides to put it up in the air so that they all have to climb up to get into it <laughs> i don't think that was on purpose i think it was because he messed with the timer you think so no, that's, that's, it just that looked like he it. pointed the thing up and just shot it up into the air and they had to climb up on the back I of mean, the car to get in it that that may be again i wasn't looking at this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> every single second i mean if if they if they don't say to themselves oh there's a tornado coming hmm it would really be conv- it would really be useful and helpful if there was like I don't know a basement around somewhere. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? Also, why wouldn't they just aim the portal? Because all right, so he goes down to the they the, the, <laughs> Wade and Arturo go down to the basement, and uh, he tells them like what the deal is, and the person's like that's preposterous. He like aims like right at them. And fires the portal so that it's right next to them or like between them. I'm yeah. like, are you insane? <laughs> yeah. You don't know what that would do to a. Pro- Why would you aim it right at them? You could have aimed it literally anywhere else. I remember thinking, I remember thinking uh, when I was, when this show was on, you know, and my head would always kind of work through scenarios of what could happen if this happened. If you aim that at somebody, I mean, you could use it as a weapon, I guess. You, you know, if you shot them. You're done. And all of a sudden that portal takes up the same space as a person. Then when it closes, are they still there? Or do they get sucked through the portal because they're part of the portal? portal? All right. So 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 my point with this is in that demonstration, he shows that he can be accurate with where he aims the time. Yeah. Uh he messes with the timer, whatever. Like I said, I had just presumed that because he messed with the timer, it opened up above them. But if he really could, if he did aim it, why wouldn't you just aim it in front of the road and then they drive the car through? And then well, the car was wrecked. The car wasn't going anywhere. What happened to the car? He wrecked oh, it into, the, right into yeah. the. He okay. ran into the ice. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> um, and the roof got ripped off, but that's that's beside yeah, the point. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it is, more to the point, he he did drive yeah. it directly into a block yeah, of ice, giant giant block of ice. Yes. Yeah, but they um, oh, so giant they, block of styrofoam. I mean, I mean ice. Yeah, they go through the portal no, and look, they slide again, again. We can't we can't get on them. Like there's some stuff we gotta forgive. Well, yeah, I mean Star Star Trek did that <laughs> of too. Of course, I mean, they're gonna use styrofoam for ice. <laughs> <laughs> well, IMDb was calling them out because they were on an ice planet. And you couldn't see their breath. But I mean, come on, unless they're gonna film it in a freezer, you're not gonna get that. Also, also true. Um, so I'll smoke a pack before they, <laughs> they yeah, <laughs> they slide to uh, a world to another world, and when they come out, they're in the park. You know, so up until then, wherever Quinn went in the portal, he came out in the same place, but now he they went through it and they come out in the park, which is miles away from where they were, which is which sets up not only are they going to be traveling through um to other worlds and stuff, but they can write the script in a way where they can put them where they need them to be for that story. And like, we need them to be, you know, in a junkyard or whatever. So we're going to dump them in this junkyard and it's not in the same place where they were, you know, um, they get, uh, they get clued in pretty quick that they're not on their world because they see a statue of Lenin instead of a statue of Abraham Lincoln, which that statue of Abraham Lincoln barely looked like Lincoln in the first place. (laughs) Uh, but it's a it's an earth where the United States lost the Korean War in the fifties, and it and and was later invaded and conquered by the Soviet Union in the sixties. So the U.S. is a communist country in this in this reality. So the Soviet slide, I think, is probably the most well together put part of this episode. 
which I'm assuming it was written by somebody different than the first episode was. I, I don't know. I didn't look that up, but they, um, they get separated from Rembrandt because I want to Rem- say they were both by the same person, but I'm not sure they may I have been, but they Rembrandt is thinking I can still make it to the game. I can still sing the anthem. So he takes off not realizing that they're not home. So they get separated. And then, uh, and then Wade tries to make a phone call and, and gets the, the, you know, the army after her and stuff, you know, the operator police. Yeah, the operator calls the police on her and <laughs> or whatever. So. Yeah. And uh Rembrandt ends up getting arrested because he tries to pay for a taxi cab with American money instead of Soviet money. And uh he gets picked up by um you know, he gets taken to or sent to a work work camp. He has to go on the people's court. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. The way, what I, they, I mean, putting him on the people's court was actually pretty funny, but <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a nice cameo. I've, I'd completely forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. But, and, and the, also the fact that the people's court, that show was small claims court. It had nothing to do with, we're not, they weren't sending anybody <laughs> to the goulage. <laughs> well, alternate earth. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but I did like, when, I did like when Rembrandt said, Small claims, my ass. <laughs> oh, I believe he said. Well, they beeped it out, whatever I, he said. <laughs> yes. Uh, I read his lips, and there was an adjective before that ass. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's an adjective slash verb. <laughs> um, so we find out that Wade, her counterpart, is like the leader of the resistance on this world and Arturo's double is like a communist general. <laughs> so uh they go to that's one thing that I did like about this. They talk about the counterparts. We don't really see the counter we do see Wade's counterpart at the end, but it's not like they're running into their doubles in this episode. Now they will run into their doubles later. But um it's not like uh Wade is like fighting alongside herself or whatever. We find out that Arturo probably for it, the best given that two shot yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. We find out that Arturo's counterpart is a communist general, so they're able to use that knowledge to have him pre- pretend to be him to get him into a an army base that they need to that where they need to break Rembrandt out. Um I did laugh at the fact that Arturo is making strategic plans with these resistance fighters about their mission. But all Quinn can do is ask Wade questions about kissing that guy <laughs> when he thought she was the other Wade. He's like, "Why did you? What, were you kissing him back?" <laughs> all that it's like, dude, we're what, doing what, something. What here. was all that about? <laughs> okay, it's, that, that was oh. that was cla- it's classic nineties. He's completely oblivious because they're pals. Yeah. Until someone shows an interest in her, and then he's like, "But wait a minute, what's all that about? What are you doing, being interested in a guy?" And she's like, "I've been wearing this this torch I've been carrying for you. I've been holding out in front of my face this whole time mm-hmm. at you, and you're not picking up on it until this happens. Yeah, now he's picking up on it, and they picked the most, you know, the the worst timing. Yeah, to try to have that discussion because this is the '90s. Yeah, they, they were television. trying to they were trying to juxtapose it to make it like funny." That this is all he can think about when there's something so important going on, you know. I'm not. I'm, yeah, you guys didn't let me finish. I wasn't criticizing any of that. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No. I know. I get. I, was. I get. That. I was. It, I was saying personally for me as I was watching it. Uh, I remember that that was one of the things that I really that annoyed me about the show. Insanely annoyed me about the show. Like, it's not like either of them are subtle. Uh, I like I like you. You like me, and he he thinks he's she's just a buddy. She clearly likes him. Oh, hey, you're my buddy, buddy, right, buddy? Okay, fine. And t- but that episode, they and they and they frankly shouldn't have done it in the pilot episode if they wanted to stretch that out. But no, he thinks she's dead. He's beside himself. He, she's yeah. Not, oh, I miss you. I'm so glad that you're safe. So at that point, the feelings are basically out on the table. But I, to my recollection, at no point. In the run of the show, do they fully acknowledge how they feel for one another? No, because they want to leave it open so that they can have romance with other characters that they bring in for, they want to have Wade fall in love with this other guy, or they want to have 
Quinn dumb. be able to date this girl or whatever? You know, dumb. That I mean, that that's fine. Then they sh- then they shouldn't have. Th- and that's what I'm saying. Like they shouldn't have made it so obvious how they. I mean, obviously the audience, of course, mm-hmm. but not necessarily declared to each other. They should have at least l- fooled themselves into thinking, no, no, it's just a friend, right? Yeah. I mean, no, no, hell no, no, it couldn't be. What? No. But no, it's obvious from the first that they both outwardly like each other. Yeah. But they never even try to make, and it, uh, I would, it would be more understandable if they were like in high school. But they're yeah. not in high school. Like, no. Like, yeah, he's in college. Like yeah, he's like a grad student. Like, they're like, no. There's no reason for them to be this oblivious is one thing, but they're just being, I don't know, evasive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it annoyed me. It's not, it's not, it's not even that. I think it was necessarily a, I think it was a bad choice because I didn't like it, but I just feel like there was no reason to do that. Like, it, you know, it wouldn't have been any harder to just have them, actually actively dating because they're still the the universe the leaping is still going to get in the way leaping i'm sorry i've been sliding I yeah. Yeah. i've been sliding sliding not leaping well they're leaping. yeah and there, there's gonna be more there's gonna be more of it they're gonna go back and forth as the show they'll, they'll yeah. almost get together then they won't you know it's 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 a whole thing so yeah that's um, gonna be exhausting they escape and they, they are able to get rembrandt out and they slide away Okay, well, uh, we get that we get that beautiful shot of them coming up over the over the uh, the hill with the light behind them that we're going to see in the opening credits over and over and over their silhouettes coming up over the hill, uh, and then they right, so, go ahead. So this this is this is my this is the thing that I was going to bring up. So again, I don't even know if this registered to me at the time, and this is this is totally nineties writing, uh, but watching it I, now. I really okay, want to know if this so is the same thing that I You just drop these noticed. kids into a war zone? Yeah. He's a nerd. He's a grad student, but he is not even hesitation. He is cool just jumping into the heat of the fray. Have you ever fired a gun before, Quinn? Uh, no one asks. They yeah. just give it to him, and he's cool with it. And he just starts shooting. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying that he wouldn't do it, but just like, there's no acknowledgement that this is not something he has never done before. Like, you know, the, the only, man, I never it, thought this would be like, just it's, it's like, it's cool. Because it's he like has he science. He knows how the gun works because of science. I'm not <laughs> saying he doesn't know. I know how a gun works, but yeah. if you take what, 20 year old me nerd, uh, I'm not, I mean, not him, but like, just you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, it, even if he had like, dropped a line like yeah i used to go hunting with my dad just something yeah that would not make it seem like this is the first time he's ever held the gun much less pointed it at somebody mm-hmm. the, all the of closest, them all of them the, are real cool with the, <laughs> with just you know the the closest they came to acknowledging that he is unfamiliar with violence is the one time when he had to tackle one of the communists and yeah he, he he's astride him and he has perked opportunity to to shoot him dead and instead he just cold cocks him with the the butt of the pistol which is fine it. well i i appreciated that because why he's not just going to kill him he's going to knock him out if he can fine but uh, whatever i'm just it's, it's not it's not even a they messed up i'm just saying because every show did that uh but it is it is a it is a notable difference from writing today uh this is one of the things that uh like would never fly <laughs> by the way when uh when uh when wade i noticed this when i was watching the episode when wade is in that uh phone booth and it says something like she's standing on the corner of linen way or something like that they spelled linen wrong they like did. if you're if you're gonna do an episode where you're in a communist country <laughs> it can at least spell linen right <laughs> um okay so they escape and they slide away they land they're still in the park but the Lincoln statue is back. And uh, so they go home for dinner. And um, and this is something that recurs. Uh, the fact that the gate squeaks when they open it. And they This joke comes more than once. It's like, uh, if I open this gate and it doesn't squeak, then that means we're not home. So he opens it and it squeaks. Oh, we're home. Like, out of the infinite, 
possibilities. We could only be home if I have a squeaky gate. Any other world, we would have put some oil on this gate well, or yeah. something. When we, get, when, we get, when we get to that particular episode where that is uh, a major factor, I will... They go home, they're eating dinner, and they're talking about possible worlds that they could go to. And most of the things that they say end up being episodes later on because uh, Arturo says that Einstein regretted giving the world the atom bomb. And they would later on, they will go to a world where Einstein did not give the world the atom bomb. Um, Rembrandt says he might still be singing out there. They will go to a world where he is a, still a famous singer. As they're having dinner, Quinn raises his glass for a toast, and his dad walks in. And his dad's supposed to be dead. Now, Quinn never told any of these characters that his dad's supposed to be dead, so their reaction shots are kind of goofy. You know, I presume he told Wade because because he and his mom are talking about it, so it's not like it's still fresh. Like they just discuss it because yeah, but Rembrandt makes his face like, "Oh man," it's like. He never told you his dad's supposed to be dead. Yeah. You should you should be more like, what? What's going on? What's what what what's happening? You know, yeah. that should be your reaction. But anyway, his dad his dad was hit by a car uh, a couple of years before or whatever. He's supposed to be dead, so he comes walking in the in the house, and that means oh, we're not home. It was actually a halfway decent joke about it, like because uh, because his mom you, you worked too hard. It's what killed your father. <laughs> that was hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, but he was on, he was on his work. way to work. <laughs> yeah. um, Good joke. So when, when the dad walks in, walks out to the table, and it, Quinn gets that look on his face when he realizes that that they're not home after all, I I was hoping that they wouldn't have him say exactly what he said. What's wrong, son? You look like you've seen a ghost. ghost. Shut the hell up. That is the oh, the most tired line ever, but that I, that got washed away for me because after he says that line, Quinn just kind of shuts his eyes, and then the shot switches to the glass of wine in his hand, and you see it fall to the floor and shatter. Credits. Favorite part of the episode. Yeah. See. Yeah. You and I viewed that differently. <laughs> I viewed that. I thought you were going to say they got washed away from me. Washed away from me. Because it was immediately followed by the most tired visual trope of anybody of, of people being nice. surprised. Well, has anyone in real life ever been so surprised that they dropped the glass that they were holding? <laughs> anybody? I would think that he would have dropped it. He would, if he was going to drop it, he would have dropped it immediately. Not I've been very surprised later. many times in my life, even holding something. <laughs> Unless it was like a jump scare, I was like yeah. ah, and I. <laughs> but no, I've never been just so shocked at a revelation that I drop what I'm holding. People do it in movies and TV all the time. They like, slowly no. lose my grip, and well, they I, also he, faint. I've never, I've never just seen anybody just just. He's in the faint. house. <laughs> Why would you drop the phone? Like, just say, oh, like you've got a phone. Whatever. Yeah, it, it's that 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 is that is a. No, I you, hate you, that. you are very correct. It's 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 a it's a tired. I'm not trying to, not trying to harsh your buzz. I'm glad it, you no, like it, it. It's a tired trope, and you're absolutely <laughs> right. It it wasn't the shot itself, but what I liked was the dad comes in, Quinn gets that look on his face, that that like eyes closed in that in that moment of disappointment and defeat that they are not in fact where they thought they were. You know. Drop a glass, maybe just like you know, drift the camera to the window. I don't care what you do. The the shot was not important. It was his reaction, mm-hmm. and then a moment later, credits because they they do not stick around to address that. It's just the realization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't come back next week and we're still there. Yeah, it's... yeah. I'm I'm curious about what the next episode is going to hold. I'm I'm curious how that's going to start. I don't want to know. I'll find out when I watch it. But I'm yeah. I'm interested to see where they go from that ending to the beginning of the next episode. And I wonder if slide in as it were. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if they did it that way, knowing, well, this is a pilot episode. If this doesn't get picked up, then this can be an interesting, like think of it like a twilight episode. Like yeah. A this twilight was a movie episode. of the week kind of thing. Yeah. Was it? 
yeah, it was the movie of the week. That's why the opening was more cinematic, where they had the the uh, the tracking I've, shot across Quinn's room and just the title sliders instead of having like an opening credit sequence and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, it was it was marketed as being the first episode of a show, yeah. But it was filmed I, I thought, I thought as a movie, was, a, yeah. Yeah, I thought that it was this this new show is going to premiere. It wasn't like uh, was it the action pack where they did movies and then they happened to get picked up for shows like Hercules and Xena. But like, mm-hmm. like I thought there's like it this was intended. I mean, obviously it was intended to be a show, but I thought it was known to be um, a series. Yeah, yeah, it was picked up. It was a mid, it was a mid-season replacement, and they were doing it like I, was the first season six, eight episodes, something like that. I don't really remember. That, but that feels right. I think you're right. Theorizing that one could slide from one world to another, Quinn Mallory jumped into the swirling vortex and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped on a parallel world, driven by his own ego to change the lives of people he doesn't know for the better. His only companions on this journey are Arturo, Wade, and Rembrandt who came from his own world and were forced into this existence through his own incompetence. Now Quinn and his friends find themselves sliding from world to world, striving to put right what they see as wrong and hoping each time that their next slide will be the slide home. So there you (laughs) go. I did write that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I have some, some, some trivia here that this was the highest rated premiere of 1995. Mm Um, Quinn's cat was named Schrodinger and obviously because of the Schrodinger thought experiment, Schrodinger's cat. Um, the book Quinn has on his chest while he's asleep is one of the, uh, in one of the first scenes is called hyperspace, a scientific odyssey through parallel universes, time warps and the 10th dimension by Michio Kaku. I don't know why I told you that, but it was part of the trivia that I pulled up here. Um, also known as IMDb. Yeah, the the universe in which the Soviet Union ruled the United States uh, in that world, Rembrandt's double was killed in the Detroit Uprising of 1982. Now they only they said there was somebody by that name that was killed in the Detroit Uprising, but there's a lot of Rembrandt Browns out there. I'm sure <laughs> it might not be the same one. <laughs> I, I figured it's the same one. Um, that, that would it would that would track well enough for me the sign that announced the elvis concert was originally going to be uh going to be a for a beatles reunion tour but mm. since there's at the time there were actually a few members of the beatles that were still alive which i mean john and ringo were, i mean not john and ringo paul and ringo were still alive but at the time george was also alive um elvis was chosen as a celebrity in question since it would be less subtle in revealing to Quinn that he was on an alternate world. Um, the sleazy attorney, Ross J. Kelly is a send up of Larry H. Parker, which is a real life attorney. But I think everybody, I think every state has one of these attorneys that does these sleazy commercials or whatever. Um, but they, they always include testimonials from real people (laughs) that were injured and telling them how much money they got. I got hit in the head by an anvil and he got me a million bucks. <laughs> um, on the Cubs world, the Chicago Cubs won five consecutive World Series. That's what the uh, the other Quinn had told him. In the first draft of the script, it was Michael Dukakis instead of John F. Kennedy, who was the president on Elvis World in 1994. President Dukakis was first elected in 1988 and was reelected in 1992. Um in a deleted scene, it was established that Ronald Reagan never became the president. He entered politics far later than he did on Earth Prime and was uh, serving as mayor of San Francisco in 1994. As an actor, he was best ne- known for playing the first Mr. C. Uh, Howard Cunningham on Happy Days before being replaced by Tom Bosley. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. All right. So uh, the next episode will return in a couple of weeks uh, is, but this was episode one and two. So the next episode is episode three and the name of the episode is fever. I'm not going to tell you anything about what the episode is about. Those of you that have seen sliders before, you know what the next episode is about, but it'll be interesting to talk about it because I 
think some recent um, things that have happened to us over the past few years will come into play in our conversation when we talk about it. So, um, now I, I do have all these episodes in my Plex library, so I do get the synopsis for the next one coming up when one episode ends. So, if you're trying to save me from a spoiler, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I you can tell from the title of the, ep- <laughs> the title of the episode is Fever. You can kind of get yeah. an idea of what it's about. It's but a couple um, of things. It's about disco. They have disco fever. Oh, disco never died in the seventies. That did not occur to me. And it's you know <laughs> rock rock and roll is not is not what it is. It's it's disco that took over. It's fine. So. It's not a spoiler. I just I just I, you know I was there was a couple of things I was thinking and disco wasn't one of them. But yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was I was thinking like maybe you know I was thinking like uh, fevers and outbreak like you know like you know pandemic kind of thing and you know medical science blah 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 but whatever. No, disco. Disco's cool. Well, we'll uh, not cool, but. we'll go through the we'll go through the first season. We'll go through the first. We'll do we'll do an episode uh, every couple of weeks. We'll go through the first season. I want to also. There was a no, there was one novel. You know, every every show back in the nineties, these sci fi shows always usually had novel series that went along with them. They only released one, and it was actually a novelization of this episode. Um. Mm. And I would like to read it and talk about it. I have a copy that I bought. Uh, so do I. But there's also a copy online. If you go to archive.com, is it, no, archive.org, I think. Um, there's a copy there that you can check out from their virtual library and, and read it. Um, so we'll probably do that. And I also would like to do an episode where we talk about what we would do if we were to bring this show back. We'll do that towards the end of the first season before we go move into, if we were to bring the show back with, would you bring it back as like a reboot with new characters? Would you bring it back with the same original cast? So, you know, how would you want, how would you want to see it done? Because I mean, it's, it's got it. It's got to be on somebody's list somewhere of shows to bring, but they're bringing back everything else. <laughs> So, uh, and they, they, they actually talked about it up until about a year ago. I think I saw, uh, doing some research for this show. I think the last headline that I saw was dated about a year ago that they were talking about doing a, uh, a reboot of, uh, sliders. So we'll see. I, I, I think that'll be a good conversation when we get to it. I think that this concept uh, the conceit of uh, parallel worlds where things can be just a little different or hugely different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it offers a lot of storytelling possibilities. And if they're handled, you know, smartly, then it can be really great. Or you can just do shows about whatever movie is going to be hitting theaters when that episode comes out and try to ape that style. It can go both ways, but uh, with, with with the technology that we have available for making television nowadays, with uh, the the budgets that are available for like a, a ten episode prestige season, with this concept, there's still yeah. a lot of things that can be done with it without necessarily just retreading old stories that are you're already going to know the ending by the end of the first scene. It doesn't have to be that way. There's still a lot of things that can be done with this concept, and I'll I'll enjoy running those through my head as we approach the end of this season. All right, um, Scott, you want to let anybody let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, well, in addition to the, this very program, uh, you can hear me uh, appearing on and sometimes hosting that Star Trek podcast right here on the Infinite Potato Alliance. Every once in a while, I am a contestant on Captain Game Show, and I always love being invited. That's not a hint. You just you just know that I love it. You, <laughs> I know you get it, John. And I'm I'm looking at John on my screen as though he knows that I'm looking at him. I keep forgetting how cameras work. Uh, and if you're tired I, know that, of I, know, listening- I, I know that you're looking at me, and I know that you love being on the show. <laughs> Thanks and for that. If, 
if you're tired of hearing me talk, which would not surprise me, you can visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com. Check out some of my graphic artwork and other cool things. All right. John, what about you? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find uh, me hosting the aforementioned Captain Game Show, Trivia Wordplay, Improv Challenges on the uh, Infinite Potato Alliance Network. Season four has just ended a little while ago. Season five has just begun a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the premiere episode features the host of the Quantum Leap podcast, which in itself features regular guests to the network, uh, uh, Chris DeFilippis. Um, that was a lot of fun. Next episode should be out uh, probably um, the week, probably this week, actually. I'm, I'm going to try to edit it tomorrow uh, as of the date of this recording. So hopefully the week of the 20th, February, you'll be hearing some more game show. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode. Find us on Facebook, Twitter. Send us an email if you want to comment about the episode. But you can find all that information on our website at infinitepotato.com. Thanks for joining us for the episode. Be sure to join us again on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. When you might hear John say, I think it's weird that when someone is too normal, that that's weird in itself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.